it made me think, man, you know, I'm 44. In 15 years, I could be dead. Not just dead, but I could have be on dialysis, have something amputated. What really knocked it home was one day my youngest daughter, she was nine, she said, Daddy, what are you gonna wear when you walk me down the aisle? Well, hello there, and welcome to the Exam Room Podcast, brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Hi, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for giving the show a listen, or a view, or a download, wherever it is in the world that you are. We appreciate the fact that you are here. And today's show will be a treat, because we are going to be joined by Corey and Laquita Marie Staten. And by far, they are one of the funniest couples we have ever had on the show. These two have been together for years. They were high school sweethearts, in fact. Been through a lot, including Corey losing his vision, and more recently, a host of other health challenges that he is facing. But both of them are tackling these challenges head on with a zest for life and positivity. And both are characters and musicians. And they actually host their own show called A Blind Guy, His Wife, Their Life. It is phenomenal on YouTube. And they also happen to be from my hometown of Norfolk, Virginia. Now, here's the cool thing about Corey that you will hear is that his wife, Laquita Marie... She has been a nurse for 25 years, and she's helping to guide him along this journey. And already, after making adjustments to their diet, Corey is losing weight, and he is seeing major improvements in his blood pressure and with diabetes. And together, they are champions for change. So we are going to hear how these musicians are banging the drum for health and encouraging others to follow in their footsteps, take control of their own health. And this journey is also one that will take them all the way to Ghana, West Africa. But you know, the thing that makes this all the more impressive is that these changes that Corey and Laquita Marie are implementing, they're making them in the South the home of fried food and soda and fat and ham hock. You know how it gets down, down there. So in the face of all of that, they are still able to thrive. And if that isn't inspiration, I don't know what is. I'll tell you also that Corey's health began to rebound very quickly. So I also wanted to pivot and revisit a conversation that I had with Dr. Ted Barnett. You know him better as Dr. Veggie. Well, he's going to share with us how much your health can improve by following a vegan diet. Forget this. Just 15 days. We're talking about two weeks and one day and dramatic improvements in your health. We're going to be talking about that with Dr. Veggie, Dr. Ted Barnett, in just a little bit when we tap into the exam room archives. But first, let's talk to Corey and Laquita Marie. 
about that amazing transition. Just a heads up, you may hear a little bit of distorted audio here and there, but it's brief and you're going to love this conversation. Story time here on the exam room brought to you by the Physicians Committee. I always love it when we have a good story on the show. And today, certainly we have one. Indeed, we have with us Corey and Laquita Marie Staten. They are the hosts of this incredible YouTube show called Blind Guy, His Wife, Their Life. And they are two of the healthiest individuals that I know from my hometown of Norfolk. They're down in the 757. Corey, Laquita Marie, welcome to the exam room. Thanks, Chuck. Yeah, thanks so much. Great to be here. Thank you. I'm so thrilled that you are here. And we should say right off of the top that uh, you are patients of Dr. Jim Loomis over at the Barnard Medical Center. Of course, Dr. Loomis, he's always on this show. And I got an email from him last week saying, look, I've got these two. They're a husband, they're a wife. They are perfect to come on. What a story they have. And man, just corresponding with you guys via email it is a heck of a story, and it goes all the way back to high school. You guys have been together forever, so how did you meet? Well, we we met actually in, well, back then it was junior high. Yeah. We, we've known each other since junior high, but we started dating officially in high school, in uh, our junior year of high school, as we were heading into being seniors, and the way it goes is, you know, I was walking down the hallway of Deep Creek High School, and I had this aura of glow about me. Wait a minute. And then she just was just magnetized to my personality, the charm of your looks. And then <laughs> I, have, I, have, I have the actual story of how we met, Chuck. Just so you know, I'll give you the abbreviated version. We did attend the same junior high and high school together. We knew each other in junior high and high school, but we did not start dating until our the summer right before our senior year in high school so yeah we we've known each other like a very long time and we've taken classes together in junior high school but we didn't start dating dating and we've been together ever since 28 years so yeah we and we got married you know a little bit later um Corey lost his sight in there, you know, in that time frame. And so we probably would have been married sooner, you know, had he not lost his sight. But yeah, we met in high school, dated, dated out of high school, dated all through while he had gotten sick and then progressed through life in order to go back to school for his education. And when I say school, I mean university. He went to a local university and graduated at the top of his class with a 3.99 GPA. And uh, he even won the Kaufman Award where one graduating senior wins this award and it comes with a monetary award as well as a physical award. And so, you know, Corey did a lot of great things even without his sight. And that's why people know him as the blind guy because he's accomplished and people are like, hey, you know, Corey, the, the, uh, the guy that, you know, he uh, works here or he's a storyteller. And then they're like, oh, I don't know which Corey. Until they say Corey, the blind guy, then it's obvious. Oh, yeah, the blind guy and his wife. Yeah. And that's my wife. She's been, you know, all through this with me the whole time. And she's been, I tell everybody, she's been an advocate, advocate, advocate a cheerleader, 
uh, a taskmaster. She's been it all. But like I said, a lot of those accomplishments I achieved, I would not have achieved. I may not have achieved it if Laquita Marie was not there with me, walking beside me the, the whole time. Yeah, we did it together. Go ahead, Chad. Uh, yeah, you know, and I'm <laughs> how extraordinary your relationship actually is, given the fact that you were so young and you went through this massive change. And Laquita Marie, you standing by his side the entire time. How did that strengthen his illness? How did that strengthen your relationship? You know what? I actually believe that it wasn't even a matter of strengthening the relationship or me feeling like I had to kind of stick with him because he lost his sight. We had a great relationship before Corey lost his sight. So we always had great conversations. We had some of the same interests. And when he wasn't able to see anymore, that didn't change. He had the same interests. He was still interested in a lot of things. We had great conversations and we still went out a lot and did things together. So there was really nothing that we needed to change or um, do differently. And even in that time, Corey was the mastermind that would come up with ideas of, hey, I think I want to try this or let's do that. And being young, you really are open to all possibilities. The world is your oyster. And both of us, were we felt that way. Keep in mind, it wasn't easy uh, losing your sight going through an illness that was short-term, like, Corey, you had what they would call... Uh, Pseudo-tumor cerebri, mm -hmm. which means false tumor on the brain. And it just put pressure on my optic nerve and prevented blood from flowing. And so the optic nerve doesn't function anymore. And so, um, and again, just to kind of piggyback off of what you were saying for her standing by my side, two things. First, what a man, what a man, I'm a mighty good man. <laughs> <laughs> second, second of all, Laquita has a background in uh, pediatric nursing, so she's seen the gamut of what it means to be differently able from, you know, some from severe, profound, uh, different abilities mm -hmm. to some of the temporary things. So I think I definitely believe that background helped her to help me cope with, with what I was going through at that particular time. Well, you know, you when you lost your sight, Corey, I was just finishing nursing school and just getting into it. So you're right. It's like we were going through that whole process together where it was me discovering that, oh, everyone has value. Everyone has worth. I already knew Corey's value and his worth. So it was really easy to move that over into, OK, well, what value can you offer and what value do you want to offer? Really, that's the, the message for all of us. You know, regardless of your abilities, inabilities, capabilities or your knowledge or wherever you are, we all have value. And it's just a matter of where do we want to use our value? How do we want to use it? What's our strong point? You know, what are our strong points? And use them. Use them all. Use as many of them as you can. So that's what we've done in this relationship is to really fuel each other in that way. So whatever strengths I had, you know, that's where we worked on. I love that so much. I absolutely love that. And uh, you, you guys like just hashtag relationship goals right there, you know, so everybody who's watching this and listening to it, just take notes um, right now. Um, I, I want to talk about um, health here uh, beyond uh, blindness. I want to talk about uh, diet and nutrition. Um, you talk about going plant-based during the pandemic here, but I want to talk about some of the things that led up long before 2020 hit and became what it is. I want to talk about some of the health challenges facing Corey and, and your family 
as well uh, all these years. So what kind of diet uh, did you grow up eating and what were the health challenges that you and your, your family were dealing with? This well, is, yeah, this is a really <laughs> good question. <laughs> great question. The, the, basically, the bottom line is, I'm just going to say, wait a minute, my, wait a minute, my family is Southern. My family is, <laughs> is too, and that's that's the other thing. I was going to say, like, oh, my goodness, growing up, I think, whoo, I, I, I'll just sum my situation up in one sentence. We drank soda for water. All right, your turn, Corey. All right, and, to sum it <laughs> and that's not a good thing. And to sum it up for me, I mean, like I said, I know a lot of times there's different uh, stereotypes of culture with different cultures, but the Southern culture, Chuck, you're from Virginia, so you know if it can be fried, it's, it can be fried. Giddy up. And so, <laughs> lots of butter, things of that nature, lots of uh, heavy creams and desserts. And, it's- and not even realizing also that there should be a consideration for a balance of fat and sugar and fruits and vegetables because we definitely had plenty of fruits and vegetables in our lives. Uh, we always had fresh fruit at home. We also had canned fruit. We also had fruit in the fruit cups. We had all the fruit options. We had vegetables the same way, fresh, frozen, and uh, preserved in some way. And we had access to those things because like you're saying, Corey, we, we were Southern. We would get peanuts, being in Virginia, we would get peanuts from people when it was peanut season in the shell, we would roast them ourselves in the oven. We would eat them. You know, it's a whole food, but we also didn't realize that balance growing up. It just wasn't a part of our families for me in particular, for my household, Uh, my mom and my dad, my brothers and my sisters. uh, We truly, our understanding of food was that, you know, food is healthy. So just eat it all. We didn't have that idea of balance, but you can, you can add for your Corey, your experience. And we ate plenty of my, you know, we had I had family members that garden, grew uh, fresh vegetables and fruits in yeah. their gardens. I had family that were into animal hus- husbandry, so we had fresh, free range uh, chicken, duck, uh, pork on our plates. But it wasn't prepared in the healthiest ways, which led to a gamut of health issues in my family history that stem from diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. And a lot of my family uh, history is wrought with premature deaths. My father died at the age of 59, which is only uh, 15 years older than I am right now. He wait, died. wait, don't tell your age. I'm, I'm not ashamed. Tell. Then you'll tell my age. She's older, <laughs> yeah. She's older than me. But um, No, no, no. Chuck, we were born in the same year, just so you know. I'm just a few months Older, so Chuck, if you have any questions right now, insert them. Otherwise, Corey will <laughs> no, keep trying to talk. I won't. I won't. But <laughs> wow, yeah. Chuck, something to say, Corey. Wow, <laughs> you just put that right out there, Corey. <laughs> I don't actually. I'm not ashamed of my age. Like I say, and I think it's important for people to know that you know when you're dealing with health concerns like diabetes and high blood pressure and heart disease. There's a lot that can happen to you at an early age that shouldn't and doesn't have to happen. Like I said, my family history has a lot of premature, like early, early deaths in the early 50s, late 50s. We have a lot of people that have had amputations. From cardiovascular disease. Cardiovascular disease. I I got, you know, a couple of relatives right now that are facing dialysis, that are on dialysis. Which is an extension of that cardiovascular disease. Like one thing that we've learned along the way, I knew and I, you know, helped Corey to understand just from my nursing experience. I used to work in surgery. I used to work in geriatrics, pediatrics, 
um, I've worked in so many different arenas and I saw that progression of, oh, it really all starts with your blood vessels. And so when you have that cardiovascular situation, it affects your different organs. And so you might think you have kidney disease, but it all started out with your blood vessels. And I really liked uh, that Corey was receptive as we moved on in our relationship. Originally, he wasn't because we were both young, you know, and we were we were both. I mean, I was cooking, you know, some of these foods that I now realize aren't the best foods for us as far as animal products, animal fats. And so that's where we made those transitions to you know, from animal-based creams to, oh, well, let me have uh, animal-based sour cream. I'm sorry, a plant-based <laughs> sour cream. Uh, they have that. So it's like, oh, they have almond milk sour cream or coconut milk sour cream, if that's what I need. What we also realized is that we could limit those things. We don't even have to eat those in abundance to enjoy them because, you know, I do cook a lot. I've always been, you know, a chef, studying food science, and practicing with my family here, my three kids and Corey, you know, trying different recipes. And so when we went from eating animal products and switching over to just plant products, I could still make pizzas. I could still make spaghetti. I could still make uh, stuffed breads because I always was making, I was, I would make my own breads anyways. So it was just a matter of, okay, what am I putting into it this time? And, you know, how will they enjoy this? And I still make soups and stews. And I didn't cook beans so much before. I don't even cook them a lot now, but we do eat them, you know. And Corey, you can add you can add to any part of this, or Chuck, you can give us another question because I talk yeah. a lot. It's all good. It's I all just good. I just want to ask Corey. You know, you talk about the premature deaths in your family, uh, people in their early to mid fifties, and and the amputations, and now dialysis. Growing up, was that something that weighed on your mind? Like you, you're not going to be around to see seventy or eighty years old. Was that a heavy burden that you carried with you, or was that something that you was just kind of not even on your radar? Well, shamefully enough to say, it didn't get on my radar. I saw it. I felt it. You know, my father passed away at the age of 59, and that that hurt. And it's I, I miss him very much to this day. He was a great dad. Like he was, he was just a champion. Like a real dad that would whatever Corey was doing, he was there. Corey went to Old Dominion University while he couldn't see, and his dad those first few years was the one that would go with him to class uh, to be sure that he could navigate and had an advocate, a physical advocate there for him in case he needed to get around, move around. He didn't do any of the schoolwork, but he was an exceptional dad from those perspectives. And I don't know, Corey, when he got sick, did you you didn't see that as part of you though. You just saw that as your dad was sick, right? Right. I didn't see that see that as part of me because at that time I wasn't exhibiting any signs of having the symptoms of diabetes, congestive heart failure, kidney failure. But it really hit home Last year, when I uh, at the end of last year, I turned 44, and when you the pandemic when the pandemic <laughs> hit, it gave me a chance to slow down and think about some things. And as McQueen Marie presented more and more information from her background as a healthcare professional for 25 years, and presenting information from the uh, exam room live and physicians from the Barnard Clinic, when those things started coming to me, it made me kind of realize, especially when I saw what the health and blood sugar rising. It made me think, like, man, you know, I'm 44. In 15 years, I could be dead. 
and not just did, but I could have beyond dialysis, have something amputated. And it's the quality of life you were mm-hmm. you started to think about right. because I think most of us think about, yeah, I'm going to die when I get old, but you don't think about it. And I know I've seen that just working in geriatrics that some older people had a great quality of life and then they had maybe a short spell of an illness or a fall or something that, you know, put them in a situation. But there were others that had been in that situation since they were 50. It's like I couldn't imagine being in a nursing home at age 50, but Corey, I'm sure you couldn't either. I mean, who does? (laughs) And I think what really knocked it home was one day my youngest daughter she was nine. She said, Daddy, what are you going to wear when you walk me down the aisle? And in the midst of all this, I'm thinking, like, uh, I'm not going to walk you down the aisle because you're never getting married. <laughs> but then it was like, well, what, you know, what if I'm not there? And so that's what that's when these ears turned on to allow <laughs> the, 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 the brain to start absorbing some of the things that Lakuta had been saying for you. So you all heard it live and clear. Corey, listen to me. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> what a momentous occasion. Um, so you're talking about 2020, giving you an opportunity to pause and think and reflect about where things may go for you uh, and, and the road that you are on. Um, how did you first get introduced, though, to the idea of a plant-based diet? Laquita Marie, was this something that was on your radar working uh, as a healthcare professional? You know, actually, it was not at all on my radar working as a healthcare professional because just as I've seen on Exam Room Live, you guys always discuss, you know, how the medical facilities, they promote animal products and there's not a correlation. So for me, what was on my radar was some of the things that were buzzing, like GMO foods, how if you are genetically modifying foods, then they aren't as nutrient dense for you as in their natural state. The other thing that uh, Exam Room Live discusses that I was aware of were things like saturated fats and their harmful effects or hydrogenated fats. So I was always leaning towards the food science of things. What, what are the best things that I can give my family that are still animal-based when I, was, when I was on that path? So I had started to really limit our intake of meats so that instead of giving everyone a sausage on a bun, we would have that sausage, one or two sausages sliced up into the whole meal, whether it was rice with other vegetables or quinoa with other vegetables, grits, grits, fonio, those grains. So we were already eating those things. And the same thing with vegetables. We were already eating those in abundance, but we were also eating a lot of uh, milk products, cheese, yogurt, butter, uh, sour cream, cream cheese. And so those things just weren't on my radar. But once I realized that, oh, the effects of animal products on your cardiovascular system uh, is this detrimental, it was pretty easy to just switch my dairy products to plant-based dairy products and follow the exam room live, follow the uh the Barnard Center's direction and some of the other plant-based doctors. Um, you know, we had followed Dr. Zach Bush, Dr. Esselton, Dr. Greger, and I would look, listen to their talks, you know, hour or two or three hour talks. 
And then I realized, oh, I can just come to the exam room live and get this every day, 30 minutes. And it started to really click and make sense. And it was a way that I could present it to my family as a lifestyle. All right. Now, I think I know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Uh, being from the 757, for me, being uh, on a plant-based diet, the, the idea of going vegan was such a foreign concept. It was almost taboo, like, don't say the V word. So I'm curious, you know, prior to making the switch yourselves, what, you know, how did you guys think about a plant-based diet or going vegan? <laughs> well, we had actually tried it before when I was in college. I did an internship in Richmond. This was way before the kids. And so this was in this 19, was... I'm not 19, 2002 and 2003. Yeah. And so we were there for the summer of 2002 and 2003. And in the second year, which was 2003, we stayed with the, we were roommates. We were roommates, had a roommate. We subletted a place sub a park, where the guy was vegetarian, but was he vegan? I can't remember. He was vegan. He was vegan. And, and we so, had never even heard of that. Like that whole, we heard of it. what yeah, I mean yeah. is <laughs> like, what I mean is it was like, wait a minute. Right, this is, true. He was like a real vegan. Like he had a worm box where he was composting things. He was recycling he was mindful of his transportation, so he walked and biked a lot. We that particular that whole concept, it was still kind of new. But in but order, we tried, it. we tried it, and when we moved in with him for the summer, you know, we were subletting the place. It just, I think that was one of the first ways for us to really embrace it, and not from you know an outside perspective of, man, I wonder what that's like. But we were just able to jump right in and realize that. Oh wow, this isn't so tough. But you can give your perspective, Corey. And it wasn't because what we did was we decided just so that we could all be, you know, on the same page as roommates. And Laquita did most of the cooking. She would actually. I did all the cooking. Corey doesn't. I don't cook at all. <laughs> um, but um, Monday through Fridays when we were in Richmond, we would actually eat vegan. And then on the weekends, we would come home and I was like, <laughs> making sure I got my meat intake for the week. And, and I don't remember slamming down meat. I, I, I might have. I don't remember. Oh, really? No. no, what I'm saying is <laughs> I don't remember if that was like a big issue. Like once we got home on the weekend, I can't remember thinking, let me eat meat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner because I'll just be eating vegetables during the week. Um, I can't remember. I know we both ate meat on the weekends mm -hmm. and we got in our dairy products because we were just thinking, woo, ice cream. Yeah, like let's get the good stuff in, not realizing that it tastes good, but the nutritional value is not there. And one of my big things is, has always been, well, what are the nutrients? Like what's the return on this? What are we getting from this? Sure, it tastes good. It feels good for the moment. But what are we actually getting? Is this helping our eyes? Is this helping us to uh, run faster, drum longer, because we are musicians? And, you know, what is it doing for us? So. And to answer your question, the actual community at that time uh, around us has always, there's always been a great element of uh, people who are whole food plant-based or vegan. So, you know, we have friends, you know, especially at the university that uh, follow that lifestyle. And so, even now, the community is there. There's a great, uh, lots of great vegan restaurants that are local now. It's not all just, you know, beef, beef chicken, <laughs> hot dogs, and fish. It's a lot of great vegan options that we have here to support our lifestyle. Yeah. I had, to tell, 
That is so different from when I left uh, Norfolk. I mean, there was not a vegan option down there. So it it just warms my heart to know that you guys have plenty to talk about. Uh, By the way, going back about five minutes, uh, Corey, thank you very much for dropping grits into the conversation because that (laughs) confirms that y'all are, in fact, Southerners. You cannot have a conversation with Southerners without bringing up grits. Um, Let's transition, Corey. I want to talk about your health. As you're taking stock of where you are in terms of that earlier this year with the pandemic, how was your weight? How was your blood pressure? How were you doing health wise? At the time, I was uh, I was very heavy, right? I, I know doing once I adopted the plant based lifestyle, I dropped from two hundred and eighty five pounds down to two hundred and thirty one. I also dropped. We did a video on that on our channel. Right. Corey is holding out that pair of pants. It's like the you don't believe it until it happens to you. Like, wait a minute. I was a 48. Now I'm a 38. And actually, are you, I think you might be even smaller than I, that now. I'm actually getting down to a 36. Yeah. My blood pressure, even though I was making those changes, my blood pressure was really wacky. I was, my blood pressure was running 171 over 110. One time it went up to 210 over 130. It was like I was a walking heart attack and stroke waiting to happen. But uh, talked to Dr. Loomis, and they uh, did put me on medication. And I said, well, what's the target for my blood pressure? Because I don't like medicine. So I said, what's my target to get off of the pill? They said, when your blood pressure is in the 110s, one teen, the 110s and 120s consistently on the blood pressure medication, then we can start looking at taking you off. So I did what most hard-headed male patients do. I took the medicine for about three days. I know you actually took it a little bit longer because you started implementing the four-minute workout by Zach Bush. And reducing the fats and oils that I was eating. Yeah, because I was like, look, Dr. Esselton uh, tells us, don't do the extra oils and fats, and that's what will really repair your vessels and allow them to just heal themselves and get the elasticity back from all the fiber and the vegetables. And... Those two things allowed you to say, okay, I've taken this medication for a week and I've been doing these things. And you saw your blood pressure start to drop. Just start it started to drop. Drastically. And so uh, after a week of being on medication and a week of t- taking myself off medication, I told, confessed to Dr. Loomis what I had done. And he said, well, great. He said, well, I'm comfortable leaving you off the blood pressure because now my blood pressure runs anywhere from the high 120s over the low 70s to the mid 130s over the very low 80s. And we were just amazed. That's no medication. No medication. And we were really excited that a doctor had approved you coming off of blood pressure medication. Everyone that we talk to, they always say, oh, no, I can't come off of my blood pressure medicine. And Dr. Loomis, even from the start, he told Corey, he said, listen, Blood pressure medicine is like a mop. If you have a leak, then this is like giving you a mop to clean up that leak. And the more medication they're giving you, they're just giving you stronger mops. They're not stopping the leak. You know, they're not fixing the problem. And so that's one reason why we just tackled it from the source. Like, what do we need to do? Oh, limit our fat intake. Animal products, we'd already cut those out. So we increased our vegetables and fruits. And that's where the fiber we knew that was where it was coming from. And, you know, we just chronicled some of these things. So the videos that we created on our channel were definitely food videos as well as lifestyle videos just to show, you know, what we're doing. And when you look at those, you'll see the heavier Corey 
towards the beginning. It just took a few months. Right. And now everybody's like, wow, Corey, you just look so fit. And we try to explain that we're fit from the inside out. That's where we are right now. Laquita Marie, let me ask you this. Uh, working in healthcare, what were your expectations for Corey when he made this transition to a diet? And then, Corey, I'd also love for you to weigh in about your own expectations. I can tell you hers. When she looked over at me, she probably was like, that price is right, fail horn, bomb, bomb, ba No, no, no. You know, actually, um, I, from traditional Western medicine of uh, you know, take a pill, don't address the problem, just sort of take a pill. Um, I truly believed in food. And so, you know, my expectation from my own personal experience was, hey, food has been working for me for all these years. I don't have a lot of ailments. Even when I go get my checkups, my cholesterol has always been better um, than, you know, I would have expected. And so, you know, I believed in the food working because it was working for me personally, from my lab results. And so I just knew that if Corey could get on board, uh, this would really help him. Corey would eat the food I cooked, but he wasn't as big a fan of uh, a lot of vegetables in one dish or even flax seeds. You know, flax seeds, I would add it. I always add it to my coffee or our smoothies or wherever I can. He was like, oh, sure, I guess if you're going to add the flax seeds, but he didn't uh, believe in it the way I believed in it for cardiovascular health, for gut health. Now he does. So that's been amazing that he realizes from just watching the science of it, not listening to me, but listening and reading reports. You know, I actually go online. If I hear about a report, I will pull it up and I'll show it to Corey and we discuss those things. So that's been a strong point for helping us to understand uh, and to not have to believe it, but we know it. You know, we don't even have to believe it because someone said it. We know it for a fact. That's science, man. <laughs> I, I love getting steeped in the science. And now you guys, you see the results, you see what's happening, and you all are on a mission now. Like y'all are y'all are trying to change the world. So talk to me about this mission that you're on. I know that you guys are talking a lot to uh, your family and your friends. You're even hosting monthly dinners with them, introducing them to the idea of a plant-based diet. So what is the goal here? Right now, we're both of us are educators. Uh, we have our own entertainment uh, corporation where we actually use world music, folklore, and dance to educate others about culture, civics, science, mathematics. So we've been doing that for 22, 22 years. years. So what we've been doing is taking that value that we bring as educators, who can explain how we've incorporated the plant-based, whole food, plant-based eating lifestyle as part of the lessons and values that we share. Yeah, so definitely when we have our family and friends over, we have them try foods that are either just whole food, plant-based, where they can see that there aren't any processed products in it. And then we also offer them processed products so that if they want to make that transition and they need the transition foods, then here's here are meatless meatballs that you can buy if you need spaghetti and you're wondering, how will I make spaghetti or lasagna? This is a dish. And then we also, and we have them do taste tests and we have them review and let us know uh, what was it like? Did you miss the meat? Did you miss the dairy? And the response has been amazing. You know, the response has always been, oh, wow, it tastes just like this or that. And we've actually had family members say, well, now that I know what's in it, like when I make my macaroni and cheese, 
I did a video on this as well. You can always find it on our channel. But our macaroni and cheese starts with uh, carrots, any, any orange and white vegetables, you know, carrots, rutabaga, onions, garlic. Uh, we, I mix those up with an immersion blender. Then I add some of the nutritional yeast. Then I add some of the plant-based cheeses, you know, to make it creamy if that's what we're going to do. Or you can add almond milk. But when I've had family members taste it, they said, wow, this is so tasty. And I tell them it's the vegetables that give the food the flavor. It's not just the seasonings. It's not just the milk, the butter, and the cheese, which aren't as nutrient-dense as the vegetables are. But this way you get the fiber, you get the nutrients, you get the flavor. So the reviews have been great with the family reviews. And then with our live show, we have a segment for plant-based treats. So our live show is interactive. We have people watching, checking it out. And when we get to the plant-based treats segment, we always show something that people can create at home that's easy, few ingredients or a little bit of time since people are not used to really self-care from a perspective of food. They consider self-care their hair, their nails, their skin. They don't realize that those things will automatically happen when you increase your nutrition. So, you know, that's like basic self-care, the foundation of it right there. And our goal for this is we're planning a trip to West Africa in 2021, and we want to go there and conduct ethnographic studies that investigate the correlation between folklore and food so that we can learn the folklore from actual griots or storytellers that are there and then also everyday people and explore the food there and put the two together to create educational resources that uh, that sing the praises of whole food plant-based eating because a lot of the West African dishes are based in whole food plant-based eating anyway. So true. I love the fact that you guys are taking the mission worldwide. That is just fantastic to me. Uh, I think that clearly, given the circumstances that we're all facing right now, we need it more than ever. So my hat's off to you uh, for that. Really quickly, I, we have to wrap up, but talk to me a little bit more about Blind Guy, his wife, and their life. You mentioned uh, the, the plant-based treats that you have on every episode. What other kind of stuff do you talk about? We talk about what it means for me to be a blind person in this world, for her to be my wife. And change the narrative. To change the narrative of what it means to be normal. So we want to shift the focus from people being disabled to being different. Different people. So you'll see me out, and I'll be at the gun range sometimes. Uh, driving. Driving. You'll see me. And we use those to talk about things like transportation. We'll use those things to talk about recreation that blind people engage in. You'll learn about different IT things that I use, computer technology I use, and how I relate to the children as a father and Lakuta Marie with as a, as a wife. So you'll see us doing different blind guy challenges, blind guy Olympic challenges, like changing doll babies and things of that nature. So it's <laughs> lots of Corey, fun. Corey did change our children when they were infants. He would be home alone with them, you know, changing diapers, feeding them, entertaining them, all the things that dads do. And so definitely that's what our channel is all about, Blind Guy, His Wife, Your Life. And with the live show, we do bring people on to interview. Uh, we do have a word of the day. We definitely have our plant-based treat segment as well. Uh, hold on. I got I got to go back to the driving thing. Uh, how does that work? I mean, do you go down Hampton Boulevard and, and Laquita oh, Marie? No. You're just saying keep it straight, turn left, turn right. <laughs> how does that work? Well, you actually have to go to the channel to understand how it works, but I actually get behind the wheel. And we're not on any main thoroughfare, right. 
And she'll say that she's like my human GPS. Yes. And, and um, Corey used to drive. He had his own car. He didn't lose his sight until he was 19. So he knows how to work a car. He's not slamming on the brakes or pressing on the gas or turning really crazy. So when I say turn left, you know, he understands the mechanisms. Of, oh, you know, easily make it. And if I'm saying a U-turn, he understands how far to turn the wheel. So, you know, all of those things are are in there. And, yeah, we just have a good time with it. That is awesome. Y'all are awesome. And we're going to go ahead and link off to uh, your YouTube channel so everybody can check out your show, Blind Guy, His Wife, Their Life. Definitely go check it out. Get all these tips. I mean, you two, again, I said at the top relationship goals, and I mean that now more than a half an hour ago. I mean, what a what a remarkable story. So I want to thank you guys both very much for coming on here. And congratulations on all of the success that you've had so far on your health journey you. and for everything that's still to come. This is still relatively new uh, in the grand scheme of things. So you guys have a lot more upside still to come. So I look forward to tracking your progress. We appreciate Yeah, thank you. We appreciate it all and we're ready for the ride. So the question becomes, how much can one person's health change in just two weeks? In a word, dramatically. And for the better, no doubt. After speaking with Corey and Laquita Marie, it got me to thinking. You know, Corey saw some serious improvements in such a short amount of time. So how rapid can some of these changes actually be? How quickly can weight come off? How quickly can high blood pressure come down? How quickly can high cholesterol come down? How quickly indeed? Well, how does 15 days sound? Dr. Ted Barnett. The high-tech doctor with low-tech solutions says you can change your health fortunes in just that little time. So right now, let's dip into the exam room archives and revisit a conversation with Dr. Barnett. Talk to him about a program that he has developed that is changing the lives of his patients in the blink of an eye. My next guest you may know as Dr. Veggie. You may also know him as the high-tech doctor with low-tech solutions. I know him as the president of the Rochester Lifestyle Medicine Institute. He's the founder and CEO also of the Rochester Lifestyle Medicine Group. With that, we welcome Dr. Ted Barnett to the show. How are you today, sir? I'm doing great, thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I always get so excited when I have somebody with such a cool name on the show. Barnett is great. Don't get me wrong. But Dr. Veggie, like that is just fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. We can go in the parking lot. I can show you my license plate, which happens to be the same. Oh, that is epic. I bet you get quite a few honks at red lights, don't you? Yeah, but I have no idea why they're honking. Well, the reason that I wanted to have you on is because uh, you're running this incredible 15-day whole food plant-based jumpstart program up there right. in Rochester. And I think so many people, Dr. Barnett, they feel like they're just, they're trapped and there's nothing they can do to improve their health. You know, you just get so boxed in, in this unhealthy environment. But in 15 days, if somebody commits to this jumpstart, how much improvement can somebody see? Yeah, well, it's, uh, thanks for asking. So we've been running this for about two years now. Almost 500 people have gone through the program. 
Uh, and until COVID-19 hit, we were doing it in our office with about 24 people at a time. And it's completely medically supervised, which I think is really important if you're going to change the medical system. You have to be able to have numbers and prove to people. So uh, on day number one, we would have people get a finger stick uh, and give them their lipid panel and their blood sugar. And then they would go through the program and on day 15, we would do another finger stick and give them the results. And during those 15 days, we'd expect them to be on a, a very low fat, whole food plant-based diet or a VLF, WF, PBD, uh, basically a Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn style diet. Uh, and by the end of the 15 days, on average, for people whose cholesterol was over 200, the average drop is 50 points. And the average weight loss for people whose BMI is over uh, 25 was six pounds in the two weeks. We had people lose up to 20 pounds who were very overweight or obese, you know, morbidly obese, and, uh, which we don't really want people to lose weight that quickly in general. We want them to you know, lose a couple of pounds a week for a year is perfect, right? Um, but uh, the results have been very dramatic. We had one patient who was uh, hemoglobin A1C was 13.6, which means he's uh, very you know, so severely diabetic, uh, and um, he uh, was not on any medication. His doctors were all, you know, very concerned, obviously. He said, you got to go on medicine. He said, I want to try this first. He went through our program. Within three months, his hemoglobin A1C was 6.0, which uh, basically is almost normal, and uh, his current hemoglobin A1C is now 5.4, and so when he gets tested by, or seen by his doctor, he doesn't really have a diagnosis of diabetes anymore. So all this by, you know, losing weight, going on a whole food plant-based diet. Uh, and it's just very dramatic what can happen in 15 days. And we find it very motivating. Um, so, you know, we've been doing this now for over two years. But when COVID-19 hit, we had to take it on the, uh, I would say take it on the road, but actually we took it on the Zoom. And so now we're uh, running them uh, through Zoom. We're in the middle of our third one now. And, of course, the cool thing is you don't have to be from Rochester, New York anymore to do the program. Uh, initially, we were going to be licensing it to doctors around the country to run in their own offices, but now we run it from our own office using Zoom. And uh, we're, the current uh, pro program, there's people from uh, 13 states plus Calgary, Alberta. So we've gone kind of international if you count Canada. And uh, yeah, it's working out really well. It's very exciting. So yeah, going oh, well. Canada, Canada definitely counts. Let me ask you, okay. I would imagine... Especially with with um, the the morbidly obese patients whom you've been working with, having been a right. former morbidly obese gentleman myself, I know right. that this probably is not their first step on the diet train. They've probably tried and failed on countless other uh, diets right. before. How do you deal with the skepticism that they may be bringing with them and saying, hey, this is different from any of the gimmicky stuff that you've tried in the past? Right. So a great question. Um, so there's two aspects to it. One is uh, we don't talk about it as a diet. We talk about it as a lifestyle. This is not something to lose weight with in the short term. This is to lose weight over the long term and to get healthy. Uh, the other is we uh, basically say, look, we're only asking you to do this for 15 days, two weeks. You're a grown-up. You can do anything for two weeks. And we're very emphatic about this is not a gradual change. You know, There are some people who advocate that and some programs that do that, and I think that may work for some people. Uh, we find that the, 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 the abrupt change uh, is very compelling to a lot of people. And, and the, the other part of what we advocate is we don't want you to be hungry, right? We tell people, if you're hungry, you got to eat. That's not like your typical diet. Uh, so we're not counting calories. We're uh, not uh, measuring portion sizes. 
we're just asking people to eat the right food and all you want of the right food. And when they, after a couple of weeks, when they do that, and, uh, and they realize, gee, this isn't so bad, then I think they're more persuaded and they want to you know, stick with it because they're so excited about their numbers, uh, you know, as far as their lab values and, and as far as their weight goes. So, yeah. Why do you think it is that some people do so much better when they just do a cannonball off the deep end into the pool of health compared to doing that gradual transition as you were talking about? Me, I'm very much a cannonball kind of a guy. When I quit smoking, sure. it was cannonball style. Uh, when okay. I finally lost the weight and kept it off, cannonball style. Um, okay. So what, what is kind of the psychology or the science behind why that works better than just sure. tapering off these unhealthy foods? Yeah, so that's interesting. So I've never heard anybody use the term cannonball for the style, but uh, that's certainly my diving style since I can't really dive. I don't know about your <laughs> diving style. That's mine. Uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, I like those big waves. Uh, oh, yeah, man. Got to make a yeah, splash. Yeah. Got to make a big splash. But um, that's a really interesting question. Um, one of the things we talk about in depth in the program, and the program really it, it meets Saturday, the first Saturday and the first Sunday for two hours. Now that we're talking about the we're talking about the video version now, the Zoom version. It used to be four hours in our office, but now it's uh, so basically the first Saturday, the second, uh, the first Saturday, the first Sunday, the second Saturday we have a virtual potluck, which is actually a lot of fun, and then the uh, the third Saturday is another two hours of get together. And during that time, we talk about something called self determination theory, SDT. And self determination theory was actually developed right here in Rochester, New York. So um, we're very proud of that. Uh, and the, there's three components to self-determination theory. Uh, and they are, I better get this right, because this is what I teach all the time. Okay. They are autonomy, competence, and relatedness. And so autonomy means you're, on, you know, you're an independent person. Nobody's forcing you to do this. You're here uh, because you want to be, or at least you've agreed to be here. You may have, your arm may have been twisted by your spouse or your doctor, but you're basically an autonomous human being. Uh, the um, second one is competence. So we teach you how to do this. We teach people how to eat the food. Uh, and then the relatedness is we're here to support you. Uh, we're here, uh, your, your family's here to support you. So you're related to all these things. And we also bring in other related things like you're really being, this is good for the environment. This is good for the animals. We bring all that relatedness stuff in. Now you were, it didn't exactly answer your question. Your current question was really about why do it all at once. So really once people understand that part of it and then they realize that they can do it all at once my opinion is if you'd make little changes you're not going to see very big results you know eventually you'll see results if you could you could you could do the whole thing over a year and eventually you'll get there but it's kind of annoying right you make these little changes uh, in your diet or your lifestyle you're not going to see very dramatic changes in how you feel or what your uh, lab values are doing and so you can easily kind of you know, wander off the path because it's kind of annoying and not much is happening. What we do is say, look, try this for two weeks. We kind of make it exciting. I like to uh, compare it to going on a, uh, a nature tour, you know, with uh, you, you're going to the Galapagos Islands and you're going to be with the 20 other people or 30 other people on this trip and you have a tour guide, we have a facilitator and you have a provider who's with there going with you who's like an interpretive guide who's telling you what the animals are that you're seeing and um or the natural sites and you're part of this group and they're all there to support you uh we're there to support you and it's kind of this adventure you know we're not asking you to like watch nature shows on tv we're asking you to actually take the trip and go there so 
I think really a big part of that that stood out to me is the fact that you were saying that you actually teach people how to eat. And that takes out so much of the ambiguity of the previous Mm -hmm. diets that they've been on, which always says, well, just eat better and exercise more. But what does it mean to eat better? There's very rarely a specific definition on that. So as you're saying, give them the tools, that knowledge that they need to succeed. And that goes so much of a long way, proving to them that they Mm -hmm. can do it. The other component to that is, and I I argue this extensively, is that especially with your more overweight patients, your morbidly Mm -hmm. obese patients, I believe that there Mm -hmm. is that food addiction factor in there. Mm -hmm. And you would never tell, you know, an alcoholic to just taper off with the whiskey. No, you like stop drinking and stop drinking today. You need to treat unhealthy foods in the same fashion. Mm -hmm. No, I think that's absolutely right. I mean, there's many, many reasons in my opinion to do it. And I'm assuming, is that kind of how you did it? Oh yeah. 100% night, night and day, you know, it's like one day I was at Taco Bell. The next day Taco Bell was the enemy. (laughs) Right. Okay. See, to me, someone like you is the expert. Like we have, uh, you know, you, cause you've done it right. And who am I to say, I mean, I've I've never had a weight problem. Uh, you know, it's all my life. It's been basically, I could eat what I want. I mean, I made dietary changes for different reasons. Uh, back in 1991, actually, after reading the work of Dr. Ornish, I just thought, well, it's, it, this is uh, this makes a lot of sense, um, but you know we have our 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 main facilitator, our actually communications director Robert Frankie in our organization. He is similar to you. He's lost over 115 pounds uh, on a whole food plant based diet. Did it pretty quickly, and I consider him to be an expert. So when some one of our patients says, you know, I'm having trouble coping with this or dealing with this one aspect of it, what what should I do? I'm very happy when he's there to answer a question like because he's done it, I haven't. Uh, I have experience of watching people do it, but I just love having people around who have been successful and can explain, you know, can help other people along the path. Oh, that's fantastic. Everybody's learning then. I mean, that's just one big educational program for patients and doctors alike. That's fantastic. Right, right. Yeah, no, it's a lot of, it's really fun. So I love doing that. So you are up in Rochester, New York right now, and New York City uh, was, I mean, just absolutely ravaged by COVID-19. You're not in the city, but definitely in New York State. How have you been, you know, kind of coping with that and talking to your patients about not necessarily boosting the immune system, but how a whole food plant-based diet can reduce the risk of the comorbidities that can really increase the risk of severe COVID-19 cases? Right. Well, of course, so, you know, um, Eric Adams, the Brooklyn Borough president, put out that video uh, with 51 doctors uh, all doing little parts of the script. I don't know if you saw that, but I was one of the doctors on that. And basically what he's talking about, uh, what we were all talking about, is that uh, it's true that um, these comorbidities, obesity, diabetes, heart disease, hypertension, uh, are associated with much worse outcomes if you do catch the virus. And, you know, we don't want people to have those bad outcomes. Um, So we know that a whole food plant-based diet is really perfectly suited for... um, reversing and controlling those those comorbidities so we know it helps with diabetes we know it helps with hypertension and obesity and um, diabetes all those things that are associated with a poor outcome of uh, COVID-19 are things that the whole food plant-based diet addresses directly so it's very exciting to us and of course I think very important for patient survival to to learn these techniques uh, that will reduce their their risk Um, you know 
obviously we've had to make other changes in our programs. We had to go completely Zoom-based. and uh, We're not seeing patients in our office. So doctors around the country are, are learning how to use telemedicine. And we're finding that patients really enjoy that. We actually do telemedicine now uh, in several states um, because we can, right? And we're, wherever we're licensed, we can do it because, hey, you can make a Zoom call. Or we use an electronic health record that has a built-in uh, you know, video conferencing system. So it's all HIPAA compliant. But going back to your original question about uh, how important it is to address these comorbidities, I just, you're just absolutely right. I mean, it's, it's amazing. You know, Dr. David Katz talks about how um, the timeline has, timeline has been compressed. So these are all diseases that will kill you eventually, make your life worse, certainly. You know, diabetes, hypertension, uh, heart disease, right? They're all terrible things, but, but they, it takes a long time, right? But now, when you add COVID-19, now we have a sense of urgency because you're not going to, you know, uh, you actually could be, you know, severely harmed in the short term time in the short term for a change as opposed to thinking about these chronic illnesses well i'll deal with it when i you know you know in the next few years no you really should deal with it now because if you god forbid catch coronavirus you're seriously at risk so it it has compressed the timeline and makes i think it makes it uh, gives people a sense of urgency which if it makes them behave better is great as far as i'm concerned some motivation, if nothing else. I would imagine that uh, quite a few people who've uh, enrolled now in the recent 15-day programs uh, have had this concern themselves. Yeah, yeah for, for sure. Absolutely. So let's uh, let's talk about, I want to bring some more inspiration to the table. Everybody, you know, they're just, they're still feeling so stressed. You've got the caseload rising in so many parts of the country right now. People are feeling mm-hmm. stressed out. Let's bring some more inspiration. You mentioned the person in your program who had this amazing transformation. Uh, They had diabetes. The A1C was just through the roof. Mm -hmm. Can you give us some other examples of people who have gone through the program and just seen some just remarkable turnarounds? Sure, sure. So we've had, you know, patients who have, you know, it takes them a little longer, who've obviously lost an incredible amount of weight. Uh, We've had patients who have, um, the cholesterol was never able to, to get under control for years. And you go through the program and all of a sudden, I guess I don't need to be on my statin anymore. And that happens very, you know, very commonly. We see this all the time. Um, and, you know, uh, it's interesting because we get a fair number of people who have been vegan. And um, they're wondering why they're still not healthy. They've, you know, had to get a cardiac stent or whatever. Well, there's vegan and there's vegan. And I like to talk about the big circle, which is vegan. And then there's a little healthy vegan inside that big circle, which is the whole food plant-based. So they're both infinite circles. So there's still an inf- almost infinite amount of food you can eat on a, a healthy vegan diet, but you got to stick with the healthy aspect. You know, you want to stay away from all the processed vegan food. You want to uh, avoid oils. And we basically teach oil-free, uh, which I think is important. I know there's some argument about that in the, uh, out in the Twitter sphere. And, uh, but I just think it makes it really simple. Uh, and Dr. Esselstyn, who's been advocating this now for you know, decades, has had great success with his patients. So um, you asked me about, um, you know, success stories. There have been so many success stories. I mean, honestly, some of the nicest successes are people's who, people who are depressed and, just, and their mood is elevated. And they just say, you know, I just feel better. And my joints mm. feel better. And my, heart, and my heartburn has gone away. And I'm just feeling like a new person. That to me is, is kind of, in a way, more dramatic than any of these number changes. Because really, what's the point of life if you have great numbers, but you're miserable, right? Uh, we want you to be really happy 
and have great numbers. So that's kind of our, you know, that's the goal here. And I mean, we have countless patients. We have um, uh, testimonials on our website, but you know, how many times after a while, you know, oh yeah, another person dropped, dropped their cholesterol 70, 80 points. Yeah, we're heard about that. I mean, what's our record for cholesterol drop? The record is uh, 150 points for cholesterol drop. Ooh, that's pretty yeah. good. From 299 to 149. Yeah, that was a patient in uh, uh, renal failure, chronic, kid- or chronic kidney disease, I should say. Uh, and she dropped 150 points in two weeks. Didn't know that could happen. Uh, we've had, right, we've had several people like that. In yeah, two so, weeks, went through the 15-day program and saw that yeah. kind of a change. Holy yeah. Moses. Right. So, you know, one of the interesting things is, uh, and I mentioned that patient had chronic kidney disease. So the nephrologists are really interested in this because nephrologists are all afraid of chronic of potassium, right? Because one of the things that happens when you go into chronic kidney, uh, your kidneys start not functioning very well is your potassium level can rise and it can reach dangerous levels. And since vegetables have all this potassium, they're worried. Well, I can't put on a plant-based diet because their potassium is going to go through the roof. Well, we actually have a grant from the University of Rochester to randomize uh, 40 patients. 20 are going to go through the program and 20 are going to be in the control group. But we already know from practical experience that people who have chronic kidney disease go through our program and their potassium is don't change. They don't go through this. They usually improve because their kidney function improves, right? So you stop putting animal products, you know, meat uh, and, and uh, animal protein through your body, and then your uh, kidneys have to deal with that. It, that tends to harm renal function. You take that, stuff, take that away, renal function improves. They, you know, uh, GFR goes up. They're, ha- they're able to handle the potassium. So it's really not an issue. Um, but, um, yeah, I got off the track there. I'm talking about chronic kidneys. I mean, there's so many people who benefit from eating this way because it's what your body's designed to eat. You know, one of the things that always is striking to me is like, you know, almost no matter what the question is, the answer is the same. It's like, okay, you know, whole food, plant-based diet. Well, when we were in medical school, depending on what the disease was you were talking about, it was, uh, it was a different medication for every disease. If you had diabetes, it was one medication. Heart disease, another medication. Uh, you know, kidney failure, a different medication. Well, so it, you have to get used to the idea, well, why is the answer always the same? Well, the answer is because the causes are pretty much always the same. The cause was the diet, the crummy standard American diet. You take people off this diet, put them on a healthy plant-based diet, and now all these conditions get better. And, and, and so we're all kind of getting used to the idea that the answer is usually the same, no matter what the question is in terms of these, obviously, not 100%, people with autoimmune disease, they need different medications. But even some people with autoimmune uh, conditions have an incredible response to going on a whole food plant-based diet. Not everybody. It's not the same kind of slam dunk. You know, I mean, uh, you've heard of uh, uh, metabolic syndrome, which is you know, sure. heart disease, hyper, of course, you know, um, obesity, hi- heart disease, hi- hypertension. Uh, this is ideally suited for any of those metabolic syndrome-related issues, which is most of the chronic illness in this country. So, you know, things like, yeah. All right, go ahead. Final question before I let you go here, because I know you got to get back to it. Um, Is with uh, the program shifting into the digital space now, no longer meeting in person, are you finding people are still able to adhere to it, keep up with it, be as enthusiastic about it without those in-person meetings? So that's really interesting. Uh, You know, I think we've only been doing it now for three months uh, this way, and it's a little hard to know. But I would say in some ways it's easier. And I think people seem to be sticking with it. For one thing, a lot of people are home and they're looking for things to do. They're looking for, you know, they're not stuck in these old patterns. 
so um, I think that's really uh, conducive to making changes because you know I've been, I got to change anyway. My patterns are different now, uh, right? So we're finding a fair amount of enthusiasm. I'm finding it's interesting to communicate on Zoom. Uh, I love looking at this the grid with you know the the uh, what's it called the, uh, uh, the what's the, all the little, the little squares they have a gallery the gallery view right when you're looking at everybody so you know it's six by six by seven and you got whatever how many people are up there and you can just watch everybody's expressions and it's so interesting you can see when people are kind of something's clicking in their head or when they have a question so I find um, it's different it's not the same as having people in our office there's not that same kind of excitement as people are coming in and getting their finger sticks but it's a different kind of excitement and in some ways I think it's maybe even more useful in other ways so yeah, I'm excited about it. In fact, we're so excited. We're, we're actually turning it into a, a, a CME program. It's not accredited yet, but by August, doctors should be able to go through our Jumpstart uh, and get credit for doing the Jumpstart, as well as doing some, uh, um, uh, we, we have lectures that we have from other programs that we're incorporating into that. So it should be a, like a complete training program. Bring along a few patients so you can see how they're doing in the program. Learn that the doctors can see this for themselves and learn how to do it. And we're there to show how it's done. And then they can go do it, do it themselves. So, right, yeah, the, question, the question everybody's wondering right now is, well, how do I sign up? What's the web address? Oh, so uh, if you just Google Rochester Lifestyle Medicine, uh, you'll find it. But it's actually rocklifemed, R-O-C-L-I-F-E-M-E-D.com. But just Google Rochester Lifestyle Medicine. You'll find us. And uh, yeah, we're excited to see people from everywhere now. And we'll make it even easier. We'll drop that uh, web address in the episode notes. All you need to do if you're listening on Apple Podcasts is scroll right on down and boom, hit that. One-stop shop will get you taken care of right there. And uh, Dr. Veggie, the high-tech doctor with low-tech solutions. Dr. Ted Barnett, you are the man. Appreciate you taking the time, sir. Appreciate you having me here. Fifteen days for a lifetime of health? <laughs> you can sign me up for that right now. Let's go ahead right now and check in at the exam room news desk and grab a health headline. And today's headline comes to us from the UK, where students at the prestigious Oxford University have voted to ban red meat in an effort to fight climate change. After voting by a two-thirds majority in favor of taking beef and lamb off of the menu, the student union spoke out about their concerns, saying that until now, Oxford had shown a lack of leadership in addressing climate change, adding that the move is feasible and effectively will help the university meet its environmental goals by the year 2030. Man, movers and shakers, they are getting younger and younger, aren't they? Just amazing. Just amazing. Hey, if you liked what you heard today on the show, if you enjoyed hearing from Corey and Laquita Marie and Dr. Barnett about how your health can change in just 15 days, if you like that and you want to share this with the world and make the world a healthier place, well, go ahead and subscribe to the Exam Room Podcast by the Physicians Committee. And when you do that, leave a five-star rating and a nice review. Because every nice review and five-star rating that we receive, it helps get the show in front of the eyes and the ears of people who need it the most. The people who could really benefit from 15 days of change that then can catapult them forward for a healthier life. 
So let's help them out. Let's help make the world a healthier place right now by subscribing to the exam room podcast by the physicians committee on Apple podcast or Spotify, wherever podcasts are available and leave that five-star rating. And we thank you very much. By the way, we've posted a link to Corey and Laquita Marie's show, Blind Guy, His Wife, Their Life. We've posted that in the episode notes, so you should definitely go check these two out. They are absolute characters in the best possible way. That's going to do it for us today. I want to say thank you one more time to Corey and Laquita Marie for joining us, as well as the veggie doctor, Dr. Veggie, Ted Barnett. Thank you to him for sharing his wisdom and how 15 days can overhaul your health. So cool. On behalf of everyone here at the Physicians Committee, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for listening. And remember, stay safe, take a stand, and keep it plant-based. <laughs>